Welcome to another episode of the Press Coverage Podcast. I am your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. Uh, like I start every episode, follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. Follow the Press Coverage Podcast account at Press Cup Podcast. Man, the podcast, that, that Twitter account has been going up. All right. But, but before I get to that, I do want to, um, I do have a guest on today, Nick Jones, cornerback, freshman cornerback from Ball State. Um, what I wanted to do, man, I just kind of, I want to get a few kids on and, and just, you know, get their story out there and, you know, why they love football and, you know, get, just get to interacting with some of these kids and, and hopefully those kids can interact with some of the, you know, professional athletes that, you know, um, interact a lot on my uh, Twitter accounts and things like that. So, uh, you know, just give advice, listen to them, see where they're at and, and you know, Hope and let them know, man. Whatever it is that you aspire to do as a as a football player, it can be done. It can be done. All right. So um, I have a few guys coming on, a few kids, and I thought it would be a great idea to kind of get the story out there. So Nick Jones, uh, he's going to be joining me in a bit. Uh, before I get to that, though, I want to talk about this damn Twitter account, this swag. <laughs> I I don't know why I tweeted it out. Oh, okay, I do know why. So Keenan Allen tweeted out. Um, that I think he's, he was referring to the ESPYs that they, they should have a swag award. And w- someone tagged me in it and was like, hey, will Kenan Allen win? He says he will win. I'm like, man, he ain't lying. He, he, he's, he's cold with it. Kenan Allen puts his stuff on very well. And uh, that just got me thinking, man, I should go through and like give out swag awards for each position. So I did. And the reaction to it was, I, I I never in a million years thought it would gain so much traction. Um, hundreds of retweets, hundreds of comments. Um, this is trash, or oh I like this, or oh yeah he's clean, or how'd you forget this guy? And it's like man, it's tough when you only can list four people because that's how many pictures you can put on one tweet, just four. Um, but it was great, like interacting with everybody. I thought that was pretty dope, man. And, and uh, just <laughs> seeing different people's opinions and who they like, who they think is the swagger. So f- when people say, oh, swag don't matter, nobody cares about that, that's a damn lie because my Twitter account says otherwise there's hundreds of people commenting, tweeting, retweeting, um, all that stuff. So so people do pay attention and people do care. All right. And one thing I do pay attention to is all the comments, all the interactions with coaches and between coaches and their players. Um, they point out different things that I tweet out and, you know, they show their kids and that just makes me feel so good because that's why I do this. Um, I, I want to spread knowledge and awareness about, you know, not just, you know, defensive backs, but uh, receivers as well. And just different things I see and, and coverages and zones and, Hey, where, you, where should your eyes be? You know, things like that. And it's been really cool to see, you know, coaches kind of, uh, you know, grasp it and 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 tweet it out and and use my my tweets and my gifts as examples to their kids so i just want to let you guys know man i appreciate all that i appreciate all the love like it's really humbling it's pretty cool man i, I never thought that it would get like that and i mean the the, the page is growing every single day it's almost at four thousand followers and remember we you know we started this uh, account late April, so it's only been a couple months, well, almost three months now, and it's pushing four thousand followers. So, you know, the, to, to, for it to grow the way that it is, um, I think that shows that people respect 
my opinion. They they respect what I'm doing with it and just the content that I'm putting out, man. So you guys, man, uh, y'all are awesome. Uh, keep it going. All right. So um, there was another question I asked on Twitter. Um, who's the most underrated receiver? And I got a ton of comments, um, a ton of different uh, receivers that, that people thought, you know, Devontae Adams was a name that came up a lot. Uh, Julio Jones, believe it or not, came up a lot. And kind of like what I said last week about Mike Evans, where it's like, well, people do have Mike Evans in the top 10, but I think he's top four. <laughs> I think he's top four. I think he's top five. So I feel like he is still kind of underrated because he's, you know, people have him a lot lower than where I have him. I mean, you know, even though he's still in the top 10. Well, someone said Julio Jones, and it's like, yeah, it's Julio Jones because they, they think that he's the best in the, in the NFL. And right now, a lot of people talk about, um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, and, you know, he just got his 99 overall rating on Madden, and um, people talk about Odell and, you know, all these other people. But, you know, Julio Jones, if you look at that dude's numbers, and I don't know, maybe you could say, oh, he has a quarterback and, you know, good system, whatever the case is, but... He is doing numbers. I, I'd go out on the limb right now and say nobody over the last five years has had the production that he has. Now, what he's not doing a whole lot, like some of these other guys are scoring touchdowns. Um, he's not up there with, like, Antonio Brown with the touchdowns. He's not up there with, you know, kind of what Odell did over his first three years, you know, up until the injury. So um, from that aspect, yeah, you know, if you just count touchdowns. But you would talk about catches yards, yards after catch, um, you know, average yards per reception, man, Julio Jones is killing it. But but the name that did come up a lot as far as underrated was T.Y. Hilton. And I was like, man, that's a good name because I think T.Y. Hilton is underrated to a certain extent. So I'm like, okay, why is he underrated? So I went, I looked at his numbers, and I'm like, hmm, let's see what kind of production he's been doing. And he's been doing pretty damn well. You know, he's been in the league seven years. Um, he has over 8,000 yards. So, you know, if you average that out over seven years, you know, he's averaging well over 1,000 yards per season, um, 40 touchdowns during that time, which is really cool because he's a tiny dude. Uh, you know, he yeah, his production has been, like, massive. He, he's over the last six years, he only missed 1,000 yards once, and that was – only by 34 yards. So damn near uh, six straight years over 1,000 yards. He, he's been very, very productive. Um, and even at times when he – remember, he there was a time where he didn't have uh, Andrew Luck for a while, and he was still very productive. So um, very underrated. But it made me go back and check out the film, and I wanted to see why exactly is he underrated. So I went and, and, and I watched because in my head when I think of T.Y. Hilton, I think of – uh, Travis Benjamin, Benjamin on steroids, right? Some somebody that's just you know he's really fast, he's a deep threat, but ah uh, maybe he's not quite you know Deshaun Jackson or whatever. But you know, but when you look at the numbers, there's an there's an argument and <laughs> there's an argument there. And when you watch him play, you quickly realize he's definitely more than just a deep threat. Um, it, it was really cool to see the way that they focused on just getting the ball in his hands. Uh, time and time again, I mean, quick screens, a lot of stuff over the middle. Um, 
settling down in zones, six yards, seven yards, eight yard routes, um, getting just working to get the ball in his hands, and you know him having the ability the ability to catch and run. Uh, he he was, I mean, I don't want to call him a possession receiver, but he's he's not just a deep threat, and and that was the first thing that jumped out to me. I was like, man. He he's working intermediate. He's working deep. He's working deep crossers. He's you know he's working screens. So he's working at the line of scrimmage, and I, I think he is. I think he is very underrated, because uh, when I did my little top ten list, nobody mentioned nobody mentioned T. Y. Hilton, but if you look at his production, it's like why isn't he mentioned with some of those other guys? Why isn't he mentioned with Adam Thielen? And Stefan Diggs and all these other guys, when his production over his career has been better. Why isn't he mentioned with Devontae Adams? His production over his career has been better than Devontae Adams. Now, he doesn't have the touchdowns Devontae Adams has, but outside of that, I mean, this dude's doing crazy numbers. He averaged almost 17 yards per catch last year. So, an- another thing that I did was I reached out to my guy, Will Blackman. And I want to reach out to Will because I know Will played against him. All right, so Will Blackman played with the uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars for a little while, and you know they're in the same division as T. Y. Hilton in the AFC South. So I reached out to him and I just asked, like, hey, you know, what what, what do you think about him? And this is what he said: I can definitely see that that he's underrated. He said uh, he is in that Deshaun Jackson category, very skinny, very fast, and can run. He can and he can route dudes up. All right, so so he's a really good route runner. He said he averaged 16 yards per catch. DJ averaged 17 yards per catch. Um, he says it's kind of hard to explain, you know, exactly what makes him good. But he just said, man, he he runs really good deep routes downfield. Um, talked about his post routes. Talked about his Dino routes. Things that he does really quick. Being able to kind of you know accelerate and uh, cut multiple ways very well. Says so very dangerous. So, you know, that was a nice little brief little, um, uh, you know, scouting report on on T.Y. Hilton. And, yeah, man, I, I think he is the most underrated receiver in the NFL. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to work to put together a thread and kind of highlight a lot of things that he does well. And, and I'm not talking about just deep balls and things like that. I want to show, you know, his contested catches, his um, intermediate route running, uh, things like that. I'm going to be working to put together a thread like that for you guys um, upon the uh, uh, release of this episode. So stay tuned for that. That's coming up soon. All right, guys, we've got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's is fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design and quality, durable blades at a very fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for the razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that has been making quality blades for over 95 years. So join the 10 men who have already tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know 
and they'll give you a full refund. So again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for just $3. All right, joining me now on the Press Coverage Podcast is Nick Jones, uh, incoming freshman, defensive back for Ball State. Uh, he's from Detroit, Michigan. Man, Nick, what's up, man? How you doing? What's going on? I'm doing good. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on. You know, kind of short notice. I just hit, I know you DM'd me, and a few kids uh, hit me up about uh, getting on this, but I thought, you know what? I think Nick might have a unique story and kind of, you know, just wanted to chop it up with you about football. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Life, football, all that. And any questions you have for me, um, you know, I'll be able to answer that. So, uh, but I do have one big question to start off with. All right. And, uh, the question is, do you watch football? <laughs> oh yeah. That's really, I mean, all it was to do. And after a while, you know, once that became a bigger part of my life, that's all I did. Watch it, play it, study it. So yeah, that's all I do. Yeah. I, I asked that because man, a lot of kids these days, they don't watch football and, it's like, you know, it's like, okay, do you guys watch football? Do you guys love football? And I just saw this um, video of uh, Steven Jackson, and he was talking about how, like, you know, he teams are kind of scared to sign the veterans because they think that they might kind of scare off the young guys and push them too hard because they don't love the game and stuff like that. So have you developed, or when did you develop, like, a love for, you know, for football? Well, it always started – when my pops tell me, he said when I was little, I always wanted to, like, play football, just be around it. So I started playing when I was about five. I think it was when I got into, like, watching college. When I was, like, around nine or ten, I kind of loved the whole, like, excitement, the new players every other year and so forth and so forth. So probably from, like, around the time I was, like, nine or ten. All right. Do you have a favorite college football team? Uh, yeah, surprisingly, Ohio State, even though I am from Michigan. <laughs> oh, man. Damn, yeah. like, isn't that – I feel like that's, like, against the code or something. That's, like, it, that's like blessing Crips right there. <laughs> I'm from Cali, and I know super, that. Uh, it's super uh, because every time somebody asked me, I had to throw in the whole, even though I'm from Detroit, I, like, you got to throw that in there and yeah. just tell them. Yeah, it's real. Uh, but that was always, you know, the biggest game when I was little. In Ohio State, you know, you seven eight, and Ohio State won so much. Naturally, that just became my favorite, and my favorite color was red. So it was, it was actually kind of easy. Okay, all right, I, I take that. And, and Ohio State has been up a lot more lately, especially you know getting Urban Meyer, and even before him, uh, Michigan hasn't been the same, man. And like the Michigan I grew up watching, man, and you probably not gonna know any of these guys, but they had this guy David Terrell, um, you know Tom Brady back then. Uh, yeah. You know, they had uh, Marquise Walker, Mario Manningham, like Braylon Edwards. It was like Braylon receivers Edwards. after receivers coming out of Michigan. And, like, Michigan was, like, really popping. Like, they played uh, uh, USC for, like, a national championship, like, when I was younger. Like, that was when Reggie Bush was there and stuff. So, Michigan was up. But, yeah, they, they've been kind of down lately. So, I can see how you can kind of drift more towards Ohio State, who, you know, they've been balling as of late. Do, 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 like, people give you, like, a hard time about that? Uh, I mean, my family and, you know, like, my neighbors and people that I watch a lot of all with, they joke around with it, but they so, they used to it now. But that first year, it was like, every time a new person asks me about it, and I tell them, they're like, how do you like Ohio State? And it's like the same story every time. <laughs> I watched the game when I was little. Yeah. Favorite color, 
But that's good, though, because it's not forced or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like, oh, man, I just pressured into liking this team. It was like, man, like, I just developed this love for them for this reason. And, you know, it's a little bit more organic that way. Um, you know, so d did you grow up with, like, a like a hero, whether, you know, somebody that was, like, like somebody you looked up to? Kind of like like me growing up, um, I had two people that I really looked up to, well, a few, but um, my, my uncle Tracy, he was the only one around me that, like, played football and stuff like that, and he would take me outside and show me how to run routes. He used to call it Jerry Rice Steps. Um, I my, my brother, I wanted to be like him. You know what I'm saying? He was a nice cornerback. And then I had Deion Sanders. So even though I wasn't fast like Deion or anything like that, like <laughs> I just I wanted to mimic everything that Deion did. Like If you watch any highlights of me from Arena, you'll see me holding the ball in the air after an interception, or you'll see me doing Deion's little uh, dance after an interception. So do, do you have anybody like that you grew up wanting to emulate or, you know, you somebody you just looked up to for, like, positive influence. Because there's not a lot of kids now. Yeah. They, they don't have a lot of positive influences. So who, who was yours? Mine was always, well, well, one household I had my mom's and then the other I had my, my pops. He more so pushed me football-wise. Like, when he realized how much I love the game and, you know, my brothers playing, they all play sports. He like my older, like my stepbrothers and all them. They all play sports and stuff. But then, but then, like, the other half, like, in the other house was my mom. Because I saw, like, she was more so school. Not to say, like, she doesn't care, like, about football. But she was more, like, it's more important stuff than, you know, playing a kid's game. So she kind of kept me focused as she kept me working and the balance between the two. And they both worked extremely hard. They never stopped working. So it was pretty much those two. Right, right, right. Okay, and then how did that your mom's affect, like, you know, kind of, you know, figuring that, you know, she, like, you know, drifted more towards uh, the academic part of it, and how did that help you? You know, having her in your ear, you know, preaching the importance of, you know, education, and, hey, there's more to life than just football. Well, because my pops, he, he worked so much that when I would spend more time, like, at my mom's house, because with the two that separate, it was more so, like, that was my only time, really, where I could be focused or I was on, like, any sort of actual, like, discipline. But not just, like, physical discipline. Like, someone actually talked to me through things and all that, like, to help me develop mentally. She made me really realize, like, you know, she got me kind of, like, she made me realize all the percentages. That's kind of yeah, what it was. Yeah. Usually I didn't like them, but then <laughs> she would always tell me, like, only 1% of kids going to do this and that and that. She made me realistic, which in part made me work harder because she showed me how difficult it was, which has made me want it that much more. So what what kind of, you know, grade point average did you have going into college? Well, just be surprised. Coming into high school, it was beyond horrible. I had just left Detroit. We moved up. This was my first time ever going to school outside of Detroit. I'm coming into high school. I don't know nobody. Um, like, I'm small, I'm playing freshman football, I got friends on varsity, and I'm just, <laughs> I was super unfocused. Half the time, like, after football season, I probably wasn't even eligible. Luckily, I ended the last end of my junior year, my senior year. I know I was always on the honor roll for these last three semesters, like junior year and senior year. Yeah. So I ended pretty good. I started off four, but I ended with about this year, I think a 3-4 or 3-3. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, it was good enough to get you in the Ball State. And so what went into, like, picking a school? Well, what started off was my process. I didn't get my first offer till I was going into my senior season. 
because like junior year, sophomore year, it's around there, I was like five eight, one thirty, one forty, and then I grew to like six foot. And one off season, they switched me to corner, and my first offer was Ball State. And in the next week, I ended up getting Western and Akron back to back days. Mm. And a couple months later, I got Eastern. So mm. like around that mid to late June area. My mom told me I could. You know, a lot of kids now they go, they do the whole college camp circuit in the summer and all that. Mm-hmm. She told me flat out, we can't afford it, we're not doing that. So I said, all right, I guess I got to, you know, take some visits and choose from what I got. And if something else opens up, we'll decide from that. Right. So that's what made me originally pick Ball State. I just felt at home. It's far enough, but not, you know, not extremely far away. They got my major. So I can go right into like any type of sports, analysis, broadcasting, journalism. They really good with that. So I love the coaching staff. You know, my offensive coordinator at my high school knows the receivers coach here. So I've always had a good relationship with them. Like even before they offered me, that was the first school I've ever heard from Division One. Oh, and then later, yeah, later as stuff started picking up and I got more offers in December, it kind of they I felt the most like I felt the least amount of chaos here. Just felt like this the most structured place I could be. So just if football doesn't work out, I could be whatever I want to be. I like that. Got got a plan. Did did you uh you know we talked a little bit about you know you in high school with your grades and everything like that. Did you play any seven on seven? Yeah, I played well. I played. I didn't do as much like the whole travel seven on seven circuit. Mm-hmm. Like as they traveled, I always stay home. I played. I mean, I did with Rising Stars. We got a guy named his name's Eric Wins. He sends a whole just a fleet of kids every year. Division one through his training seven on seven program. Wow. I played with them for about a summer, and most of it I just did with my school. Okay, okay. And and do you think that it was like, because, you know, there's there's some people that look at 707 like, oh, it's so terrible and stuff like that. Now, me, like, as a coach, um, I love 707 because it gives me an opportunity to just get more reps with kids. And I get mm-hmm. to coach kids from all over the area, and I get to teach them, hey, these are the right ways you have to do this, or, you know, this is the right technique, and, and because, you know, a lot of kids, they're not getting out of high school. So, some are, yeah. you know, some are, but, it, you know, there's very few good defensive back coaches, you know, walking around high school. So, um, you know, I, I felt like it was a time where, hey, you know, I can I can get a lot of kids under me and teach them the right way to play defensive back. Did you learn things and coverages as well? You know, you, you learn coverages and you kind of, you know, just get all the reps. And then the competition you get to play against. I know you didn't travel. Um, my, my squad, we travel a lot. Um, we travel to Atlanta, uh, Vegas, Oregon. You know, we travel all over just to kind of get these kids, one, different experiences because a lot of them have never been out of California. And then, two, they get to play against a lot of other guys outside of the area that we're from. So they get to see, like, okay, I am good at Stockton, California, but once I get outside of here, am I good or am I not? Or, you know, what's the competition like? And, you know, I think it kind of helps kids because they see, hey, a lot of these kids are just like me, and it helps them boost their their uh, confidence, right? So did you learn anything like that through, you know, 707? Oh, yeah, I loved it because, one, like you said, the reps and the amount of, like, coverage and stuff, that just that you learn knowing that it's a pass every single down, learning to read, like, certain keys. I learned that through 707, where my eyes were to be, when to be there. And, yeah, the competition side of it because the best teams in Michigan every year, every summer, we always play. And a lot of people wouldn't really know, but Michigan, like, for us not to have that many people, the athletes really are, like, 
spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Every year, in and out, you playing against like a class, usually not always in a skill, but like loaded with like a bunch of four star kids, sometimes a three, couple five. So it's just good to see like, like you said, I'm good in my area, but where else in the state teams? I won't really get to play when the season come around. Right. Who can I see? And plus, when teams like occasionally, like we went to, I know we went to Canada. And then teams from Canada came here, teams from Ohio. We got a chance to play against Boom from Chicago. So just getting to play, like you said, people that you would never get to see and, you know, kind of guards your talent on a scale against everybody else. Yeah, I like it. It's because, plus the teaching points, you'll never get that many pass plays in a real game. So where you can just keep repetition, repetition, repetition. So, yeah, I like it. Right, right, right. So, so your work ethic, all right, um, me – Kind of seeing like because of social media, there's there's like this uh, false sense of oh I'm grinding I'm working right. It's like right you know every blue moon the, you know they'll post a video of them working out you know for a little bit and then they say like oh I'm grinding or whatever. But then it's like dude I know you <laughs> you come to a workout every three weeks <laughs> you know you're not really working like you say you are right. So you know what's your work ethic like? I honestly, I don't believe in the whole, like, you know, you're not working if you're not posting a thing. I'm more, I work because I like crafting. Right. I'm a technician. Everything I do, I feel like has to have a purpose behind it. I'm not, I don't do anything that I won't be able to use in the game, translate. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> and I like, I put everything I can into my weaknesses. Like, I know I'm a natural athlete. I'm tall. I'm fast. I'm, what do I lack? And I look at that and I pinpoint it. And I take everything pretty much one step at a time. I find one weakness, I drill it out of me, and then I find the next one, and then so on and so forth. Wow, that, that's a great answer because that, that that's what it takes, man. You know, everybody likes, uh, you know, I do this extremely well, so I'm going to keep focusing on that. And it's like, nah, man, like, work on your weaknesses too. You know, be a well-rounded cornerback. You know, a lot of my issues – was, you know, being a taller defensive back, it was hard for me to play off coverage. And I had to teach myself how to do some of these things, how to play off coverage and stuff like that. Do, do you have somebody that has kind of worked with you on that and kind of put you under their arm and was like, hey, this is how you play the cornerback position, and, you know, this is how you do this and this is how you do that. Do, do you have somebody that instructs you uh, during your training? Typically, actually, yes. So we got my actual high school coach from my school in general, for like since I think since like 2010, we send a DB Division One just about every single year. So my coach and like the system you got around it, I learned a lot. And then just talking to the guys that left out and coming back. But I usually work like my trainer's name is Jaquan Hankinson. He played a little bit overseas in like Hungary. He played some D2, some D1 at Eastern. So I get with him every summer, and it's like I never was a press corner because I was always small. Right. I was small until I wasn't. I was small until I wasn't. Like right. one summer, everything just changed. So that was always natural to me. And him teaching me how to just be more aggressive at the line, use the length that I had just acquired over that time. He really, like he would watch my game tape, season tape, seven on seven tape. He knows I like a lot of zone. I like to bait a lot of stuff. He just got me more comfortable with my weaknesses, getting in people's face, you know, winning at the line of scrimmage, stuff like that. So, yeah, they pretty much, we do everything as if we were preparing for a game. That's how he likes to do it. We look at how we were last week, progress from doing this drill, how smooth did you do it yesterday to today. So he kind of walks through everything with me as in he's about to, like, take the field with me. So I like the kind of training I get. Oh, man, that, that's great. Sounds like you have a good guy 
um, you know, guiding you in the right direction. Obviously, you know, it, it worked. You got a full ride. You know, you got your uh, scholarship to Ball State. Uh, so, yeah, he, he, he's doing a great thing there. Uh, I, I want to close this out with, you know, you can ask me any questions about, you know, if you have any about kind of what it takes, you know, what's it like at the highest level and all those type of things, you know, are, are there any questions that you have for me? What specifically do you think people, not just like when I say next level, not, I, mean, I don't even mean like NFL, just people above you in general, whether it be college coaches, GMs, anyone, what do you think they look for specifically in a player? Just how quick, like, what can you do, do you think? Get on the field as quickly as possible, raise yourself in their eyes as a prospect as quickly. Just anything you do to make progress. You know, man, what, what, what they look for, so there's a few things. All right, one, they just want an athlete. All right, they, they want the best athlete. And then uh, once you get past that, a lot of it has to do with how smart are you? You know, how quickly can you pick up a playbook? How, you know, how quickly can you master your responsibility and really understand exactly what's going on on the field? Because really, you know, you, know, you can be the best athlete in the world, but if you can't pick it up, on the field, exactly, okay, the different, you know, changes, okay, they lined up like this, so, you know, our coverage changes to this, and if you lack that part of it, you're just not going to make it, all right, so they look for the athlete, the smarts, and then they look for attitude, they're saying, like, is this kid coachable, because if you're coachable, you're going to get, you're going to get the most out of the experience, and that's going to help you shoot up, too, so, you know, build a relationship with, you know, and it sounds like you built a relationship with your high school coach, same thing at Ball State. You build a relationship with them. And not like kiss nobody's ass or anything like that, but just a, a healthy relationship to where, you know, you're constantly asking questions, taking notes, all right? There shouldn't be any meeting that you go into and you don't have a notepad and pen. You know what I'm saying? You always got to be prepared. You know, I work in the school district now and these kids, they go to class and they expect the teacher to give them everything. You know, you need to go into the meeting room prepared. You know, okay, I got my pen, I got my pad. You know, I'm taking notes. I'm looking over them. I'm studying at home, uh, you know, and I and I always tell kids, it doesn't take a whole lot of time. Just do more than what you're asked to do, even if that's 10 minutes more a day, 15 minutes more a day, whether it's going outside doing a little footwork for 10 minutes, whether it's being in your room at your dorm room and just working on getting out of your break real quick, just standing there, okay, I'm getting out, I'm getting out, I'm getting out. All those things help you become a better athlete and a smarter player on the field. So that to me, that's that's ultimately what's going to help you get on the field. And as far as like scouts and stuff like that, man, they're just looking for upside. That's what they're looking for. Everybody's looking for upside. Yes, sir. Yeah. So um, I, I want to close this out by uh, asking a few like rapid fire questions. I just have uh, three three questions. All right. So, um, first one is, what's your favorite food? Favorite food, uh, probably chicken, but like I like seafood too. Okay, seafood, like sushi or anything or no? Uh, yeah, I got in that a little like recently, like in the last couple months. I went out my comfort zone for that one, but it, it's it's it's. <laughs> we're we're big on that out here in California, so yeah, we all love sushi a little bit. All right, uh, do you have a celebrity crush? Mine has always been Rihanna. So I told my wife off top, like, if I ever run into Rihanna, like, you're going to have to give me a pass. So <laughs> do you have any, like, celebrity crush? Uh, when I was real little, it was, wasn't it? It was Halle Berry. Because I remember, like, it was the movie. Man, you like, she I'm old. Like a, 
She was like, I didn't, but this was the thing. I didn't know she was like already like mid 40s. Because I was like nine. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dang, who is that? But I mean, probably still Halle Berry. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, no, she is fine though. She aging very well. <laughs> does not age. Right. And then, uh, <laughs> is there anything unique about you, yourself that, you know, people don't know? Just any kind of hidden talents or anything like that? Uh, hidden talents. A lot of people do not know. I um, I have like a weird like my memory is really good, like facts and stats and all that stuff. Like especially about sports, I remember stuff like I see it on TV one time. Like I could probably tell you stats from like the 1960s. Like my memory is really good. <laughs> That's crazy. That's what's up. That's what's up. But hey man, hey Nick Jones man, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, can you tell people where they can follow you, man? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at showout underscore NJ. S-H-O-W-O-U-T underscore N-J. Instagram show out two underscores N-J. That's pretty much my little moniker. S-H-O-W-O-U-T underscore underscore N-J. And that's me pretty much. To get my snap, you got to follow me. I don't get my snap. All right. Hey, man, you guys make sure you guys follow his journey. And and, and last thing I want to say before we exit, man, is when I got to the NFL, I was a little like, like, What's the word? Like starstruck a little bit um, because, you know, I'm walking into a locker room and I see Antonio Camardi and, you know, there's Revis there and all these guys. But once we got on the field, I, I realized these dudes are just like me. Like they, they make the same mistakes you make. Um, they, you know, they, they make plays. You've been making plays. That's how you got there. All right. So just, just grind, man. Just work, just work, just work. And whatever is going to come your way, like, it's going to come through hard work, all right? So just keep grinding. Yes, sir. Keep doing all the things that you, you know, that got you to Ball State and then turn it up even another notch because if if playing pro ball is, you know, your ultimate goal, even though you definitely, are, you know, you have a, a fallback plan as well, uh, but if, if playing, you know, professional football is something that you ultimately want to do, you can do it, bro. I, I tell people if you're if you're good, you can you can make it to the NFL. It just has to be the right situation for you. All right. I feel. All right, man. Well, shoot, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, yeah, I'm following the journey, man. I and uh, I'll tap into tapping with you on Twitter, man. Appreciate you coming on. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having. <laughs> All right, big dog. Take care. All right. Once again, that was Nick Jones cornerback freshman cornerback he's only been on campus for two weeks all right so he's just now uh you know adjusting to you know living that college life and things like that man a lot of distractions but just stay focused um four years of focus man four years of focus and take your ass to the league <laughs> um thanks for coming on i'm gonna have more uh guests coming on a couple more high school kids uh make sure you guys keep tapping in every tuesday i'm trying i might try to get these out uh this week so what i what i want to do is this episode comes out Tuesday. I want to have one come out Wednesday and Thursday. And each one is a different kid. So that's my goal. Um, we'll see if I'm able to do it. <laughs> All right. So, hey, man, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys subscribe, rate, review. I, I have some reviews rolling in, man. I appreciate the love. There's a lot of love in those reviews. Again, uh, keep, keep um, you know, everything, all the interactions on Twitter coming. Uh, I keep saying I'm going to get this uh, Instagram up, but I've been slacking on it. But, hey, man, I appreciate you guys. Check back here on the Press Coverage Podcast. <laughs>